with us right now. Patrick, welcome. How are you? I'm very good. Good morning. Good morning. House Bill 38, which would relax the requirements for prison time served before a person is eligible for parole. What's wrong with the system as it exists today? Well, it's very expensive. Uh, in the status quo, what we do is you have to, based on the severity of your crime, you have to spend a certain amount of your sentence before you are eligible, even eligible for parole. And so what H. B. 38 would do is uh, allow judges uh, to to make prisoners eligible for parole earlier. So it doesn't change the sentence that they would receive. Uh, it just allows if they've shown that they are, uh, uh, you know, reformed and they've been uh, behaving well while they're in prison, it allows them the opportunity to, to be paroled earlier. How would a judge know uh, that somebody's going to, you know, perform well in prison? Or is this something a judge would do after they've served some time? Well, what the judge would do is say you're eligible earlier. The parole board, of course, would be the one that considers, once they've served time, whether or not they should be uh, paroled early. Uh, you're absolutely right. The judge won't know beforehand, uh, but it allows kind of a, uh, allows the parole board to, to take on that case earlier. So it and gives I think the parole a large board percentage. So it gives the parole board more discretion by letting them take it on earlier and decide. That's right. Um, whether or not, uh, obviously this saves money because they're out on the streets, um, but is there a downside to this that you can see at all? Well, I, a large number of prisoners are paroled the first time they're up for it, whether they've, they've served that mandatory minimum or not. Um, I think what happened uh, uh, in, the, in the 70s and 80s, we saw an increase in crime, and so we saw a lot of kind of throw-the-key-away uh, legislation uh, aimed at uh, you know keeping prisoners in anti-crime legislation, and uh, and I think if the argument was before that we we didn't have prisoners in prison long enough, I think we've overcorrected, and several states around the country, including most notably Texas, which is no liberal state, has uh, introduced a number of uh, reductions in mandatory minimum sentences or, or kind of. Uh, they call it the safety valve act, and have actually seen recidivism gone go down, uh, and the expense of housing prisoners and, of course, building new prisons ha- has gone down dramatically as well. All right, I um, I don't like taking away the discretion of the judiciary when it comes to this kind of thing. I think judges uh, should have as much discretion as they f- as they see fit. Uh, so I'm I'm not opposed to the legislation in principle. Uh, does, uh, does so there is harm in keeping them too long because it somehow increases the rate of recidivism. So what happens is, and you can easily imagine this: you put people away, especially uh, youthful offenders. Uh, you put them away for a period of time. Not only are they not productive members of society during that time, but they're they're picking up a lot of bad habits. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're not learning job skills. Maybe they're more likely to enter into a gang in prison than they were on the outside. And so you let these people out, and it's, it's quite a transition, uh, and it can be heartbreaking. And so I think there's a, a role, especially with, with new programs uh, and, and non-government organizations that have taken on dealing with, with uh, criminals and have had great success at reducing recidivism. Uh, I think we can be more, I'll say, nuanced or supple in our sentencing. We absolutely want the gang crime. We absolutely want the violent offenders to stay in prison. But we want to make sure that uh, younger offenders and people who are behaving well have an opportunity to get out and, and contribute to society. 
Uh, there is uh, another uh, tidbit here of legislation. Uh, Missourians uh, are considering ways to improve and reform the criminal justice system. At least one option appears to be relatively low-hanging fruit. You say raising the age at which offenders are automatically put into adult uh, criminal justice system. Yeah, this was this was quite an education for me. So uh, most people, certainly I assumed that if you are under age 18, uh, you, you automatically go into the juvenile justice system. But six states, including Missouri, that's not true. Uh, their age is 17. You immediately go into the adult uh, system. And so what the Raise the Age legislation does is simply allow judges the discretion that they don't have now to take a 17-year-old and put him in the juvenile system. And think of it this way. If, if your listeners have children, if your child at age 17 is arrested in Missouri, they can be uh, you know, housed, uh, jailed, uh, and interviewed, and uh, signed confessions and all that stuff, and the police do not have to contact the parents at all. They treat this person like an adult. And so what Raise the, Raise the Age would simply do is change the age at which you are automatically treated as an adult from 17, one year up to 18. Yeah, I don't disagree with that either. You know, there's a lot of things that uh, you don't know you don't know. And at 17 in particular, it's a huge amount of things. Like, I'm not saying anything until I get my attorney. Um, Understanding what rights are when they're read to you. uh, Things like that. Uh, So... I think these 17-year-olds are particularly vulnerable. I don't know how much difference a year makes, but it's at least one more year that they can protect themselves. Well, here's another reason. So uh, during the uh, George W. Bush administration, there was a lot of federal research into protecting minors in the prison system. And what they found, and, and this is no surprise, is that younger offenders are much more likely to be uh, to suffer abuse, sexual abuse in prison. And so they created all these guidelines. If you're going to have somebody under 18 in prison, you have to segregate them from the adult population. You have to offer them education. You have to offer them all sorts of other rehabilitative services. And of course, in Missouri, where we combine 17-year-olds with adults, we now have to spend a great deal of money to provide them those services. So raising the age actually would save us the the effort of having to kind of retrofit these prisons for for youthful offenders. All of this makes sense. I, uh, <clears throat> I've i got Jennifer Bukowski coming on uh, a little later on today. One of the things I wanted to talk to her about, and I'll, I'll run this past you, the Missouri State Senate has passed a bill that would establish a new standard for vetting expert witnesses in jury trials. Um, and I think this makes a lot of sense, too. Uh, so there is apparently a lot of reforms going on. Yeah, well, you know, Missouri has had some great uh, results in the past with juvenile justice reform. Of course, we have uh, uh, some new reforms that just kicked in this January about, uh, you know, class of felonies and things like that. And uh, so I think there's a great opportunity. What what we have to make sure, and I know you'd agree with this, is that we don't, uh, you know, we don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. We don't return to kind of... Um, uh, sentencing that is that is ineffective, which is what we had decades ago. Yeah, and I've pointed this out in the past as well that that we are um, we're not sure in this country what our prison system is supposed to do. We haven't we have we've never defined is it to punish or to rehabilitate. Um, and I'm increasingly, and I'm going to sound very liberal here, and I I apologize for that, but increasingly <laughs> I'm of the impression that the criminal justice system 
should not be in the punishment business. It should be in the rehabilitation business. If you don't get rehabilitated, then you you know you're going to stay in that system. Um, but but it it's, it strikes me as um, not particularly effective just to lock them up and house them. Well, well, you're right, and and focusing more on rehabilitative is not only I think the right thing to do. It turns out to be the cost effective thing to do as well. Yeah, I didn't always think that. I I, I used to uh, I used to have a completely different view of uh, of uh, the prison system, but I think we really, as a nation, need to sit down and figure out: is it the job of the government to punish individuals, or is it the you know the the result of bad behavior, uh, an attempt at rehabilitation? And otherwise, well, you, to keep us safe. What, by- I, what I say to my friends who are hard right on the issue is I say, well, think of, think of the prison system as basically forced public housing. But it is public housing. And, uh, and we are warehousing these people, and it gets very, very expensive. I agree. Uh, if you want more information on this, I'm, I'm reading uh, two reviews here. Showmeinstitute.org. Uh, their blog is uh, where I'm at, the, the blog. Uh, take a lap through it and see if you don't agree. Patrick Tui, thank you so much for being with us this morning. It's my pleasure, Gary.